This is Too Profesh. You're listening to the Late Registration Podcast, a podcast that inspires teachers, administrators, and parents to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards creating more accessible and equitable educational spaces. Your hosts, Ashley and Michelle, we're educators, moms, and SEL fanatics, and we are obsessed with empowering the next generation of leaders. Join us as we change the narrative on misbehavior and discuss all things education, including building connections, restorative practices, behavior, and social-emotional learning. Are you ready? Let's go! Hello, you are listening to the Late Registration Podcast. I am Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And we're here to talk to you today just about WTF in in education, Um, even maybe some relation to some other things that we've seen going on um, in the news. And so I know Michelle and I live in Texas, and so down here, things are still pretty um, intense and heightened because of the school shooting that took place last May, um, the Uvalde school shooting, and just the reaction to it afterwards too. Um, moving different district people around, the um, the reaction to the lack of action by the police department during that day. Um, so really looking at what things could be done differently, what things could be done better. Um, and in response to that, we've had some pretty significant lockdown changes. Um, I know at my kids' own schools, um, I've seen that like my you know, uh, elementary school child, they have different pods for the different grade levels. And so with each pod, there's two or three classrooms in within that. And so even now it's locked access to get into the pod. So anytime a child needs to go into the rest, go to the restroom, they have to unlock the door um, and then let that child go to the restroom. And when they would come back, they have to either ring a doorbell or whatever to have someone come unlock the pod to let them back in. So then they can get into their classroom. So it's just, you know, very different, even it is. And, and, you know, I was, I was talking to uh, my child's teacher and she was like, you know, she's like, I have to, she's like, I wear my badge differently. I have my key here because I know, and she's like, the way I work with kids, I had to move my small group table so I can see the door. So I can see if anybody's um, trying to come in. Um, So every, all of their practices changed. And she said, you know, it is, it's, it's annoying, but she's like, if it keeps, these kids safe, then then I'm gonna do that. So, you know, so I'm very thankful for that that she has a positive um, reaction to it. But I know other districts they are having a hard time getting their teachers to comply and have maybe taken some steps that are a little extreme, I would think, in order to get those teachers uh, to do that. And Michelle, do you want to share a little bit about what we're talking about? Yeah. Well, and I think too, the teacher at your son's school, it sounds like that they received some pretty in-depth and explicit training on what was expected and what was now going to be done. So maybe that's the difference. I, I'm not sure, but um, I was scrolling TikTok, which I <laughs> has become my new um, <laughs> vice um, in my free time. And I came across... I. I wish I knew the account, but I I didn't save it. So I had to Google um, news articles, but there is a superintendent in Prairie Grove, Arkansas. And apparently the um, 
teachers, from my understanding, they were supposed to now keep their doors shut and locked during lessons. And the superintendent felt that, um, you know, not enough people were complying with that request. Mm. And so um, on a staff PD day, professional development day, for those of you not in education, um, they came up with the idea of showing a video for um, safety and security and active shooter training. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, great. Awesome. The problem is, is that they personalize the video for each school. And I'm guessing that it is a pretty small school district because they just talk about an elementary school, a junior high, and then a high school. And they went on teachers' Facebook pages and social media pages and took pictures of their kids and their families for each school and portrayed them as the victims of a school shooting. And they also, yeah, when the video started, um, a teacher said that it was, you know, very somber music and they used the date um, December 13th, which of course was in the future, but that just happened to be the anniversary of the Sandy Hook school shooting. Um, So I have a... A um, news clip from a local TV station. It's um, forty twenty nine news out of Arkansas, and so I'll go ahead and play that real quick. Yeah, because I it hear is this. absolutely what the f. I mean, if <laughs> it is crazy. Right. Okay. All right, here we go. It was a very heated meeting earlier tonight with parents in a local school district over a controversial video shown to uh, teachers. Do you not care about your teachers and want to listen to them at all? Do you not want to listen? Now, that's the group of teachers and parents that gathered for this evening's special meeting of the Prairie Grove School Board. The board quickly went into executive session to discuss a personnel matter, but soon returned to announce this, that Superintendent Reba Holmes will be going on a leave of absence with pay until her retirement in 2023. This is the school's website showing Holmes, and the board also announced that the Prairie Grove Middle School principal, Shane Taylor, will be going on a leave of absence with pay. Teachers in the crowd told 4029 that the special meeting was called because of a video that was shown to them on Wednesday. They say the safety video showed kids photos, and it implied that the children of the teachers were killed in a fake school shooting. We are not provided the means to follow these safe safety protocols um but they're gonna steal our pictures off of our facebook accounts and um make it seem like they died in a shooting i feel completely unsupported and completely disrespected now the assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction pete Jenks will take over as interim superintendent. That's what the board announced. We reached out to them several times today to the school district and the superintendent. They were not willing to talk to us on camera. She, I wonder why they weren't willing to talk to them on camera. I wonder that as well. I mean, just listening to that, I don't know if it was a teacher or a parent. I mean, I could hear the, the, pain, fear, sadness, anger, all in that. I mean, that was 
it's hard to, to listen to. Yeah. And just, the teacher that they showed, they didn't have her name on the screen. So I don't know what her name was, but she looked like she was, you know, late twenties, maybe 30 young. Right. And you could just tell the stress in her voice and on her face was like 30 seconds away from like melting down. And then yeah. there was somebody like wailing in the background. Yeah. I can hear that too. Show. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Man, that, yeah, that was really, and it, it just, like, I think that person said too, we don't have the resources. We don't have the training to, to even do these protocols. Like, so it's again, putting the blame. We, and we've talked about this on our show is the lack of protection for our kids is the blame is always put back on the teachers. And I yeah. just think that's so easy to, to blame teachers and to blame them for the fault, but we're asked to teach and we're asked to protect our students as well, which I know all of us would probably be willing to take a bullet for our students, but should we have to? I mean, is it, it should really be that all the other resources and protocols were bypassed before it gets to that, you know, and it's just, I just hate this, like, blame that's being put on teachers is unfair blame, I just think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, <laughs> so there's another article, this is from ABC7 on your side. Um, and it quotes a teacher, Aubrey Crane. She's a sixth okay. grade teacher. And she said that the middle school principal, Shane Taylor, who was also um, released from duty with pay, um, with pay. yeah, presented the <laughs> video to them on Wednesday um, saying um, he showed us a video that played somber music and it was in memory memoriam style that said on December 14th, 2022, a gunman entered Prairie Grove Middle School. This many people were injured. This many people were killed. Among the victims were the following. And pictures of teachers' personal children, our blood children, were on the video with their names as if they died in a school shooting. And that stuck out to me so much because just to tell you, like, how deep it runs is she felt it was necessary to specify that it was their personal children and not their right. students because every, exactly. you know, it's like so ingrained in the brains of teachers that, you know, these are your kids. They are your responsibility. They are, you know, and that's how I think they get us. Yeah. I totally agree. You know, yep. it's like, oh, well, you are personally responsible for the growth and development, yep. nurturing all the things for these kids for 187 days. And then it's <laughs> like just handed down. And I thought it was so interesting that it, she could, she didn't just say, oh, they showed pictures of my children off my social media. She felt like she had to specify because people in education wouldn't, like you and I, we know that. Oh, well, is she talking about her school kids or her like kid kids or her right kid kids? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that I they mean, went to the social media and got these pictures as yes. well, like 
above and beyond, like this effort could have been used in so many other ways. Like why, why? <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like, how dare you? <laughs> and it said several know. teachers said that a variant of the safety beauty video was presented to every school building except the junior high. Middle school, which is fifth and sixth grades, um, uh-huh. staff reportedly walked out during the demonstration. Yeah. So they must have like an elementary school, like um, pre-K or kindergarten through fourth, and then a middle school, fifth right. and sixth, and then, um, a junior high and a high school. Yeah. yeah. And then they, the public was even more upset because at the meeting that was on the video clip that I played, they like they called an emergency meeting, of course, to deal with this uh-huh. and immediately voted to go into executive session, which is closed and not open to the public. Right. Not, and right. so somebody in the audience asked in another video, like, well, how do we motion to keep it open? And that one of the members was like, you can't. We already voted. It's closed. And they're like, but you need to listen to us. You know, so not only did they suffer through this yeah. term, trauma, I've seen pictures of their kids as shooting victims, but then they're not even like, feel like they're being heard and seen for what happened to them. Yep. And I just think that is, is, is cause I always wonder that about like superintendent and board meetings is how do you petition to be part of this, you know, the special, the closed session? Because the the open session is what we see televised. And and I get you need to go in to have a closed session, but there's no recording of that. It's just whatever they write down. Um, you know, you can't even see it afterwards. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, I don't know. So I just have always wondered that as well. And I've just noticed that with different, different, um, you know, different organizations, especially school districts as being that, but other, you know, social service type um, advisory boards and different things like that. They'll have the open session for the parent comments and then it's closed um, after that. And there's no, that's when the decision-making happens. I mean, yes, it's good to hear the voices and everything, but, and I guess that's, I don't know, that's, that's so there's so many things wrong with it. That's another WTF episode is school boards and how to have your voice be present during those meetings and, and everything. Um, so. Well, and you would think that they would at least. Yes. Yes. And you would think that just because of the nature of what happened to them, that they would give them an opportunity like, okay, you know, how many people want to speak? you know, you've got your three minutes or whatever the standard is. And, you know, we are going to listen to every single one of you. And then we're going to go into an executive session with the lawyers, with the, you know, and make some decisions. Um, Right. One of the parents or one of the teachers was also mad because not everyone who showed the videos were fired or I'm sorry, not fired, released with pay. Um, Just the superintendent. Yeah, and just the super right? and the middle okay. school, and one of the people mm-hmm. in the audience shouted, "What about the other people who did it? Do you not want to listen to your teachers? You've got hundreds of teachers, and it's like, yeah, they have a point. Like, you know that other people, like who in your district put that video together? You know the superintendent right. didn't do. That. 
Right. And nobody up the chain felt like, oh, hey, this may not be a great idea. Right. Maybe we should pause this just a little bit. Like, yeah. I find that hard to believe that nobody, like, did they not feel like they could speak out because of the culture? Mm-hmm. Or did somebody speak out and it's like a CYA type of thing and they've right. got, you know, do they have some documentation where they went and was like, no, this is not a good idea, but nobody listened. I mean, that would be interesting to find out too. Yeah, it would be because mm. I, I would have a hard time being part of that. But then I also know that culture of everybody's doing it and you're not, you don't really want to help, you know, kids if you're not doing this kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and I, yeah, it just, it bothers me too, because I think that there's, the teachers aren't the ones with the power to protect children. You know, right. we carry, carry down the instructions that come to us from the top down. And I think that's, that's where the issue lies is, okay, what, what are we looking at as being things that are protecting children and, you know, how, and it just kind of speaks to like, what is the value of children's and teachers' lives, you know, if we're not um, putting these practices into place. And so even, we were just talking about this before we started our podcast too, um, things that the administration will do to cover up teachers who aren't protecting children or who are harming children. Um, and so uh, I was just, we were just talking yeah. about just teachers who are sexual predators and who go after teenage or even younger um, students. And so uh, there was a documentary that I watched. Hold on, let me see if I can find the name of it. Um, yeah, I want to watch this. Yes. Hold on, let me see. I just want to make sure that I got it keep this between us and it's on Hulu. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's like a docu mini series. There's a few episodes, I think like four episodes altogether. Um, And it actually came out, I want to say in August, um, but I just, it just popped up on my um, uh, Hulu account this weekend or this past week. So I watched it on Thursday and Friday. Um, and so, yeah, they talk about passing the trash, um, which if you're not in the school system, you may not be familiar with it. But, um, you know, a lot of times when these teacher kind of scandal relationships happen, um, that teacher will be able to go on and find another teaching job either in another part of the state or a completely different state. It is very easy for them to um, kind of start over. And so that's what yeah. happened with this um, woman that, who, who made this docu-series. Um, she's actually my age. She's like in her late 30s, early 40s. Um, we were both in high school in the late 90s. Um, and actually, she lived here in Little Elm, Texas, which for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a it's a very growing suburb now. Um, but when very. she was in high school, I think she said like her graduating class was like 60. So it was very rural. Um, and so this teacher was very well liked and, um, she was liked by him, you know, a good, um, student in his class and everything. Um, and yeah, it just, she just talks about that whole, 
um, scenario. And she chose not to, I mean, I think maybe the statute of limitations has expired, but she chose not to like go through the legal route to kind of get back at him. But with this documentary coming out, like he had written um, like young adult literature that was put in textbooks. And so one of the textbook companies chose to take his work out. So, I mean, a lot of things that she was able to, and and everybody knew who it was. Like she never mentions his name, but you can go on Reddit and you find it. You can see his picture and everything. Um, He was working um, at a university in Utah. I think he's still there, but they've taken his picture down from the, um, I I don't know if it was University of Utah or or whatever um, page. Um, But like I said, his work was taken from the textbook. Um, but then she also interviews some other people, like one young lady who's probably in her 20s now, and she's fighting uh, her legal battle against the school district uh, legal. I mean, she's going through the legal route to fight this. And so they have the school district where she attended in Florida has used her social media to say that she wasn't really affected by the sexual abuse by her teacher. Um, what? A, a psychologist, yes, who she went under underwent an evaluation with a psychologist. The defense requested this as part of the um, trial and everything. And the psychologist said that the sexual abuse um, has not damaged her psychologically. Her mental health is intact. And they pulled, kind of like this, pulled pictures from her social media showing that she went to college. She has a good job. She's happy. You know, she has pictures in her social media where she appears to be happy despite oh, she the trauma. Not like blatantly waving a, I was groomed by a child predator and sexually abused right. flag. Right. And I feel like if she wasn't doing, if she wasn't doing okay, they would use that as a, you know, indicator that she's it's not a credible witness. That, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. WTF. Yeah. I mean, just terrible all around, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, you said the past, the trash. Whenever I think about that, I think about like the Catholic priest sexual abuse scandal. And how they were just moved. Yes. And just moved and people knew. It's like, you cannot tell me that nobody in that administration didn't get a whiff of that. Yep. And, you know, think, oh man, maybe we should take a better look at this or something. And then when other school districts call to do reference checks or that none of that comes up, that should be criminal. That that's right. not reported. I know. And but I, again, <laughs> do we value the teachers, the bodies in the school buildings? I don't. Yep. Our actions I don't know. say that. It doesn't. And I mean, I hate to be, to bring up gender because I know that there are a lot of female predators as well. I mean, obviously that's yes. not unheard of, but if you look at these crimes, like in the Catholic church and in the schools, a lot of them are perpetrated by males. And, you know, I just think males kind of can, the people at the top or people in the legal system can kind of, I don't know if they can understand or I don't know what it is, but they 
are able to just say, okay, let's just move it around and hope it won't happen again. It's fine. It's like they, it's like this brother code of some sort, you know? Um, and yeah. yeah, you know, it's just, it's, see it too. it's like gaslighting and, you know, yeah. oh, she misunderstood poor girl, you know, yeah. things aren't great at home. Like I can hear it now or, yeah. you know, she's vindictive because I didn't return her advances or. Yes. You know. And that's what a lot of them were, were saying too. like the, the documentary maker, she, you know, he, she wrote to him and he wrote back and he was like, you're just, you know, you, I was a victim because I was naive. That was my, I would, didn't even know how to navigate a relationship like that. And you took advantage of that. And it's like, yeah. but you were already married. Like you, what? Don't try to say like that's you were what naive. he said. To I, victim? Yes. A grown yes. adult. A grown, yes. That's what he had written back to her. Oh, well, poor guy. Gee. Poor him. Poor him. I hope he was able yeah. to overcome. Yes. And I'm you know, like, why? WTF. What? Right. WTF. And, and you know, what another thing actual- too, I feel like the gender thing. Whenever it seems like there are female pedophiles in the news, that's a teacher. It's like that Van Halen song, Hot for Teacher. And so then it's like, you know, the male victims, they don't even get to like really, they, I I would, I don't know how they feel. Obviously not a male. I'm not, but it's like, do they even feel comfortable like saying that they've been victimized and abused? I know. Because, I know. Or do they have because to like, follow the stereotype of, oh, I'm such a stud that, you know, my teacher. And That's just keep kind of what I wonder way. as well, because, yeah, they, I feel like that's that stereotype that it's cool to be with your teacher kind of thing yeah. is kind of very prevalent and they don't, I don't know if they necessarily look at it as being abuse either, like the males themselves, because, you know, but it's like, yes, you are. And, and it is hard. Cause I mean, you have these high school students, a lot of them are, are look like, you know, men, but you're sure teachers are abusing their power, you know, yeah. they're abusing their power. Yeah. So, and yeah. <sighs> I cannot believe that man had the gall to write to that lady and say oh, yeah. that he was a victim. What yeah. an ass. I mean. Yeah. And then he, you know, tried to say that she was a liar and that she was a thief and and that she was a criminal. And she was like, I'm not a thief. But he had to get her. He had past the trash. He had moved to Utah and he wanted her to come to college out in Utah. And obviously that's out of state. So he co-signed on a student loan for her, which obviously young woman, she couldn't repay it. Like she didn't know how to pay it. So she defaulted on it and he had to pay on that loan. So that's why he was calling her a thief. Not because she actually went into, broke into his house and stole something. It's because he co-signed on a loan that she couldn't repay. And it's like, you know, in, in the business world, you would just say that's a bad business deal. I mean, you, you know, whatever, <laughs> but he was trying to paint her as this thief or whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me again? And again, nobody in that school thought it was weird that a teacher was co-signing a FOSA 
Right. Right. I mean, it's like, what in the actual... And I his know. poor wife. I mean, I know. can you imagine? It, he, I know. And that was the thing, too, is I didn't... I, You kind of wonder what was going on there as well. Like, did she know? Did Because they talked to, like, some of her classmates, too. And everybody was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like an open secret. You know, we all knew about it. Um, and so, yeah. And in a lot of cases, they I don't know if her particularly, but the other girl, they, um, I mean, there was sexual acts taking place within the school, on the school grounds, in the classroom. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's just. So it's like, that's not going to. Somebody had to have known for that to have happened. Like somebody had to have known. And where were the adults to protect these kids? Exactly. And yeah, I, wow. And the fact Mm -hmm. that, you know, it reminds me too of like, like with the whole like Epstein and Weinstein trial coming out, how, you know, the, the defense of these people are saying things like, well, yeah, but why did they continue after they were 18? Because they were abused and they sexually abused. Yeah. Yes. That's why they continued after yep. they were adults. And wow, I'm going to have to watch that. I want to know how this person managed to get away. Or did she just get too old? <laughs> I, I That was the other thing, too, is that there were a lot of, you know, she was like, I didn't know that there was somebody after me and she, she couldn't find who it was, but he did get in trouble. I think that's why he had went from teaching at a high school in Utah to teaching at a college or he was working on his doctorate, you know, during that time. So yeah, it was, yeah. So she, and she hadn't been home. Like she lives in Los Angeles. She's an actress and filmmaker and all that stuff. So this was like her first time kind of going back and revisiting everything. Yeah. Good for her for shedding light and coming forward because you know, that wasn't easy. I know. I know. It was, it was hard to watch. I, I will say that it wasn't, I mean, there was nothing graphic about the images, but just hearing, um, you know, her story, the other victims, um, and they also had reached out to like, they, I guess they put something on social media, maybe on TikTok. I'm not sure. And they got like hundreds and thousands of, of responses. Like my teacher said this to me, my teacher told me that I wouldn't make the team if I didn't blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, I mean, it's, some stuff was very blatant, like, you know, and then some stuff was like, you could tell it was grooming, you know? So I don't know. Well, just is it's sickening. Yeah. It's sickening. And it's probably hard to watch, especially as a woman, because we've all heard things like that. I know. And, you know, I was just thinking, I mean, I had a teacher who had gone through a situation like that. And had when I had him, he, was, you know, back to teaching and everything um, and married to uh, said person. But I never felt 
unsafe or anything like that. Um, but we're just, just thinking that we're all around this type of things, you know, and I yeah. can remember watching the movie Lolita, you know, and just how normal that was. Like, it wasn't like, it yeah. was like, oh, you shouldn't watch this, but I think I was in high school and I watched it like. Yeah. And it wasn't portrayed either as something that, um, that Amy Fisher was groomed. It was portrayed as she was this, you know, psycho sexy, promiscuous, psycho right. teenager. The Long and, Island Lolita is what they called her. Yeah. yeah. It's like the girl was like 16. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and you look, you know, I think, I think of a lot of things. Like, I can't imagine what your response would be if your daughter was in a classroom taught by someone who married his former student that he had dated while they, I mean, it's right. like, I use the term dated very loosely. Very but, loosely, yeah. I mean, can you imagine like, but back then that was like, oh, okay, yeah. well, yeah. yeah. We had a couple of things in my high school. I never knew like the full details. I grew up in a rural area mm-hmm. and there was one teacher who, um, was almost like movie star good looking. I don't want to say his name because obviously this is all, uh, you know, this is all uh, sarcasm and, and jokes for the legal things. But because um, I'm broke, I'm a broke teacher. So right. I'm not- <laughs> I have three kids, please. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he really was like just kind of striking. Like I said, like movie star good looks. Right. And, um, Later on, like after high school, I was at a party in my hometown and I was talking to a girl who, you know, I always thought at the time, like she was like super popular and she was like pretty and thin and she had the long, like naturally like spiral curled hair. I graduated in 93. So, you know, all the things. All the perms. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And she was like super smart as well. And she was just like gorgeous and this cool girl. And I happened to be at this party a couple years after I graduated. Of course, we were all drinking, which we did a lot of back then. Um, And she said something about this particular teacher. Like he would like hold parties for the kids on like the, the sporting teams. And that like, she didn't tell me exactly what happened, but she hinted that there was like some relationships going on there yeah and then in high school we had a what is it with the husband and wife teacher teams you know we had that too not at my school but at a neighboring school and they were both theater teachers just I think this was the same thing with this girl except it was uh same gender uh uh acting on a student of the same gender as the male as the husband yeah. yeah, well, this one was, um, and I had him as a teacher, and I actually really liked him, and, and my older brother even had him as a teacher, and then I was out one night with friends, and this girl who, by the way, was like brilliant, like scary brilliant, one of those people. Looking back, she's probably ha- is neurodiverse because her brain was just like on another level, right? But she 
like this was like her ex-boyfriend or something. And he was like, yeah, well, she's in a relationship with what's his nuts. He's like this middle-aged 50-something-year-old man. And I'm like, what? I know. And then it was like, that was like common knowledge. And here's the screwed up thing. Kids would tease her. She was the slut. She was the promiscuous one. Yep. Not the grown adult male who's been married to the other teacher for like 30 some years. Right. and it's like, are you kidding me? And I think the teacher teaching team, the husband and wife, I'm pretty sure they did not ever get a divorce. Like they yeah, stayed together. That's, and I think in this documentary too, that the wife stayed with him in very, until very recently that she got a divorce from him. So it's, you know, it, yeah, you just kind of wonder about that. And I, that's another thing too, how you said that everybody made fun of her. You know, it's almost like the predators want that want that isolation um because then it's easier like you know they kind of control who their friend group is um even start questioning like activities that they're doing with their families you know kind of pitting them against that and so i just you know even in my own family we've dealt with that as well this was at a church and it was my stepdaughter um who was groomed by her youth advisor and so just kind of mm. even thinking about that like asking questions about, you know, family past and things like that, and then using that against the child, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. Because using her experiences to know that she was probably vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be and you think about too, in these school situations, it's the high achieving, like you said, you know, very brilliant, high achieving students who may socially, you know, maybe not connect as well, or maybe they're high achieving, but they don't have the family support, you know, it's, um, so you just kind of think about that, which those are the kids that need us the most, don't need teachers as a safe, you know, a a safe adult. And that's so hard to teach kids um, what to look for in a safe adult. You know, I always tell my kids that a safe adult would never ask you to keep a secret from us. Yep. You know, and so that's, yeah. Well, you know, I listened to that. One of my favorite podcasts is My Favorite Murder. And um, they have a saying, it's called um, Fuck Politeness. Mm. <laughs> and it's, they say things all the time. It's like, hey, newsflash, an adult for any of the kids that are listening that shouldn't be listening because we have adult content and language, <laughs> you know, an adult will never ask you for their help. Like, yes. You know, they yes. will never ask you for your help. Like they are the adult in the situation. They're yep. supposed to be helping you. And, um, you know, hey, newsflash, you don't have to be polite to every adult who comes up to you. No. You are allowed you, to like tell them to get the F away from you. Be assertive. You're yes. making me uncomfortable. And they're like, because you know what? If you were wrong, you were wrong. Big deal. But what yeah. if you weren't wrong? Right. Right. I, you know, and I saw that too, about, um, a girl who was, she was drive driving with an Uber driver. She was 17 and I don't know if her mom just couldn't pick her up from work, but she got an Uber home and she noticed that the guy was like spraying stuff in the car, which, you know, she was like, I didn't really think anything of it at first, but then he just kept spraying it. He kept saying, well, my, I was someone in here was smoking before. And so she said, she started to feel kind of lightheaded. 
And so she didn't know what was going to happen. So she just jumped out of the car. Like she just, and she had to go to the emergency room for a concussion, but she, you know, she was like, I'd, I'd rather be on the, I'd rather go to the emergency room for that than risk my life. Like she just had a bad feeling about it. And so um, she even said when she jumped out, the Uber driver like stopped his car and everything, but like didn't call the police right away and stuff. Like, so it was like, you know, she had some, some sort of inclination into it. I think it's either Uber or Lyft. I don't want to misquote. So one of the driving, um, you know, apps. So yeah, yeah. because if, if she would have completely read the situation wrong, he would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm calling the police. Like obviously this girl, like, I don't know what happened here. She jumped out. I'm afraid she's hurt. You know, she's young. She's underage. I don't want to get close to her. Something's happening. But the fact that he just like left her there. Mm. Yeah. I'm impressed because I don't know what if I go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I think you're right, too. But people were trying to victim blame her saying, well, she's 17. She shouldn't have been in an Uber anyways. What are you talking about? Right. (laughs) That's like, you know what? When you were tell when you first started that story, because I have an eighteen year old and a sixteen year old, I'm thinking, well, maybe she doesn't have a driver's license yet, and she was at work, and it was late. You know, you work at Waterburger; they're open twenty four right. hours. And she got yeah. off at like eleven thirty or midnight, and her mom's like, "I don't want you walking home at that time." So here's an Uber. Here's, you yeah. know, wake me up when you get home. Yeah, that's uh, to me. Yes. That just pisses me off on a whole, because it's like, okay, do we want our kids to develop executive functioning skills and learn how to adult? Then we have to stop blaming them. Blaming them for things when they are making, I mean, that's, that was a good decision. Uber is supposed to be safe, you know, obviously Um, it's better than walking home. Um, it's quicker, you know, all those things you think he probably had to get up to go to school the next day or whatever. I don't know what day of the week it was, but just all the things that I would want for my child to think about if they didn't have a car and were working or whatever. And again, too, we don't know the, the, the parental support that this child had. Maybe this child has been doing everything on their own. Maybe the parents aren't as involved. And again, that's where these kids fall prey. Like how you said a child an adult, a safe adult would never ask a child for help. But if you're a child who's been helping your parents all the time because they, they're, you know, they're using drugs or they can't pay the rent or you're having to cover up for your parents, then if another adult asks you to do that and you're already in that mindset, you know, and you're used to doing adult things for adult adult people. Right. You know, there's a difference between like chores and, you know, things to learn responsibility or I got to clean up the house because my mom's parole officer is going to stop by and she's high again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But then the teacher at school who I like and they're telling me I'm brilliant is asking me to keep this secret, you know, or to help him do something. How do you know the difference, you know? It's both people who you love and admire. So, yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm impressed that that girl, I don't know if I would have had 
the wherewithal to, because I would have been thinking that I was in the wrong for thinking that about an adult. I know I, that that people pleaser, ple- pleasing mm-hmm. in my head would be like, no, 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 no. But, and to even be able to assess the risk of, you know, am I going to die if I <laughs> jump out of the yeah. car or in this situation, yeah. could I die? Or, you know, yeah. and just being like, I'll take the risk. And, you know, and like she said, she's like, yeah, I had to go to the hospital and, you know, she, I think she had a concussion or whatever, but she was, you know, she's alive. Thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously she was saying her story. Yeah. And so golly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think anything, I can't remember what it said. And again, I can't remember the rideshare company that it was, but they were, they comped her ride and oh, they were going to good. look, look into the, the driver. Yeah. Cause if you are a grown man and you don't have any nefarious intent or malicious intent and a young lady jumps out of your moving vehicle, if you don't immediately stop and call the police and say, Hey, I don't know what happened. Even if you stop right. and like, you know, I'm not going to come near you. I'm calling the police. I don't know what's happening. Because you know what? That it wasn't ab- happened in the first place. Yes, exactly. A person that's <laughs> not out to hurt you is going to make sure that you're okay. Like they're not just going right. to leave you. Yeah. What? It, oh, yeah. Well, for our final WTF, I again was scrolling TikTok, which like it's, I, I may have to um, put some limits on that because it's it's just such a guilty hey, you pleasure have some good information though i mean some good connections i yeah like have run across a lot of um like just really kick-ass creators with the credentials yeah. to back up um, exactly but there's an account and it's, it's called um the inked of course in that one uh Inked, I-N-K-E-D, educator. And she was like, you know, do you want to hear why teachers are quitting and leaving education? And it was where all these educators had written in in their comment section about things that had happened to them or that they were, you know, because the burnout and the stress and the duties of the job and all the things. And there's things like, this one is, my husband died and I had my principal um, text me wanting to know when I would be back because parents were pissed. Your husband died. Um, There's another one. A teacher says, I needed brain surgery, ASAP. Doctor ordered 12 weeks recovery. Admin asked me to wait until summer break. Um, there's, you know, of course we, as a female teacher, we all know about the, um, pregnancy ones where we get comments like, well, that's bad timing. I really wish you would have been due in blah, blah, blah. So we get those comments and then the teachers who are lucky enough to plan it out and schedule it, like they're almost martyred. Like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You must be like the ultimate fertility goddess because you planned this exactly right. And, you know, and yep. I remember you know, they, feeling like that too, because my, 
my first was born or he was supposed to be born in the summer, but he came in May. Yeah. Well, how dare he? So for three weeks, my, I know my, for three weeks, my kids had, my students had a a sub. So. Oh my gosh. I I hope they've recovered. I know. (laughs) There's one um, stage three (laughs) cancer and parents were calling to find out who would take my place if I couldn't finish the year. Jokes on them. I survived. Um, WTF. Yeah. On the fourth day, day bereavement of my mother's passing, a parent told me it was long enough. And when are you going to be back? Like a parent reached out to this teacher. Um, and you know, I hear that and it's like, not only are you grieving, but you know, my husband's father just passed away. And, you know, my husband's the only child and his mom passed away before. So just like the things, like the stuff you have to take care of. The stuff, right. Not even the grieving part, but yeah. So, and then somebody like has the nerve to, to say, well, when are you going to be back? You've been out. Um, Another barely got out of the delivery recovery room after a C-section. Which, side note, for all of you out there that don't know, a C-section is the only surgery that cuts through all seven layers of skin. And I I did not realize that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had two of them. And we are released now, I think, like four days. I went back to work the day I got out of the hospital for my C-section because I was a business owner and I had to go back to work. Um, but it's a dangerous surgery like there's, and there's a recovery period. So this new mom is barely out of the delivery room. She's still in the recovery room and her principal was calling her about sub plans and assignments. And then it's dot, dot, dot that I had already done. Like they just couldn't find him. Um, I mean, my mom had stage four cancer and teachers across the district gave up their sick days so this person could still be paid while being That's, in the hospital. That is amazing. But why is it on the teachers? Right, right. You right. know, were there nobody in upper administration that could don't, you know, and maybe they did. I yeah. could be, you know. Um, well, a and, parent and said, That's the thing. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that it's always on the teachers to make it okay, you know, and it's like somebody yeah. else. I mean, I just remember helping make sub plans for other teachers. And at the time I thought, well, this is what we do. And how, and how come some people get to have sub plans made for them, but others who are going through whatever, you know, either C-section or stage four, you know, cancer yeah. or whatever, don't, you know, it's like, what exactly. is the, you know, are they well-liked? Is that why they're getting all this support and others aren't? That I don't get. There's one lady that wrote in the comments of this. My son was literally kidnapped from his daycare, found out while at school. Admin texted me about sub plans while I was sitting in the police station. Oh. Yeah. And then the inked educator answered and said, oh, is he? Oh, hell no. Is he okay? And the person didn't respond, but hopefully they are. Yeah. Hopefully mm-hmm. he is and that he's found. I would have put that all at the news conference when we're looking for little Johnny or whatever. Yeah. I would be like, 
And shout out to whatever elementary school that one of my sub plans while my son got kidnapped from daycare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, sometimes here's if you cool. can't beat them, yeah, if you can't beat them totally. legally, you just got to do it in social media and media. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> a teacher at my site died unexpectedly, and all she got was a five-second moment of silence. That broke me. Yeah. Yeah. When I called my vice principal to tell him that I needed to go to the hospital to deliver my stillborn son, he asked me if I had gotten a sub. Why isn't the first thing, how are you doing? What do you need? Can we like start a meal chain? And you know what? They will start like a meal but it'll be like the um, the admin in the front office or their co-teacher that will spearhead yeah. that. Well, yeah. You know? Um, <sighs> uh, I mean, it's just, there's 2,564 comments on this one video. Um, a student punched me in the eye, detached my retina. I needed surgery quickly, was out sick time, and principal said I'd be fired. And then she says, I was young and too scared and didn't know my rights. Didn't have the surgery, and now I'm blind in one eye. The principal got to happily retire that year. Jeez. And now... And to be fair, because we do like to have both sides, there are, you know, some teachers that are like, man, I'm so thankful I had the opposite. I was out on maternity leave and I asked my admin if I needed to post grades and they said not to worry about it. They had it covered. But it's like, that's just like the bare minimum. That's very few and far between. Yeah. And they are feeling so thankful. Like, that's what we've done to teachers in this country. Right. To feel thankful for common courtesy. Yes. Yeah. hmm Yeah. I mean, I had a baby yeah. and parents rushed to the office in August to request the other class since I would be disturbing their child's learning. I mean, there's thousands of... of these types of stories. And I, and what's even scarier is I think this is like a, um, like there's a more parts to it where there's more, she's featuring more stories. It's just, you know, WTF and our work teachers work environment is a student's learning environment. Right. And yeah, you know, what we should do, we should do, cause it's like, you know, we've been able to see things both inside a classroom and then working for a school district in like central roles, like central support roles. Yes. We should do a, what are we going to do about an episode with like just different ideas on how we can better support our teachers, um, our yeah. campus admin too, I think need support as well, you know, because they're often charged with carrying out these ludicrous highly unrealistic demands, cough, cough, HB 45, where you have to like give every kid 30 hours. 45, 45. Yeah. 
where you have to give like each child who yeah. didn't pass a standardized test 30 hours of tutoring in each subject that they didn't pass a test in with no right. extra resources. Like you're just supposed to pull these hundreds and hundreds pull and hundreds out. of un yep. unpaid hours, you know, and yep. like just like suggestions as well, because, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody would listen, but maybe it would spark an idea in someone and, and that would maybe make a shift, you know. In the chain, yeah. Like I, I would like to hear like those people who you said were very thankful for the way things were handled on their campuses. Like what, what protocols were in place? Like, did you guys have a sub lesson bank that your, you know, your subs could pull from? Did your yeah. teachers just say, or your principals or whatever, just say, F it, show a movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like some, I mean, sometimes that was like my biggest thing too, is like, I can't show any movies at all when I have a sub. Like that was one yeah. thing one of my principals was upset about. Like when you're out, you should never have a, a movie as a sub plan. And I was like, it, what? <laughs> like, can I do a movie on a worksheet? Like I can make yeah. a movie educational can, or video yeah. educational. What, but, yeah, I mean, ABC Mouse, Go Noodle, I mean, all those. Things. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay. yeah. yeah. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just, yeah, but just what what's worked in your district? You know, what has mm -hmm. helped with some of these situations so they don't come to fruition? What have you guys done about security too? Like how we talked about yeah. like the gun safety and, and everything that's not going to traumatize people even more. Um, yeah. You know, just what, what's going on and what's working. Um, yeah. What's working. How do you feel supported? And how is that directly benefiting your kids in your class? Yeah. You know, and your teachers too. I think too, one of the things that we do is, you know, we know all of these things are very common, like none of those comments about, um, people experiencing things like, well, where's the sub? Where's your plans? We were not surprised by any of that at no, all. No, it happens all the time in every right. school in this country. But one thing I think we could do better too is I don't think a lot of parents who aren't in education know about that being like an everyday practice. Yeah. So maybe if they realize that as well, they'd be like, wait a minute this is, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous that, you know, and yeah. so maybe it's just like the general public was also aware of some of these things. So, you know, maybe we can help amplify that as well. Because if you're not in education, you don't realize yeah. it, you know. So. You don't know the culture and how, how, when you talk to people outside of education, how toxic it is, you know, yeah. until you hear it, like, or read it in the paper or whatever. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, but yeah, we're going to have well, to do another WPS segment. I think we are. And I think if we can get some responses to this WTF, we can yes. start to solve some of those problems. You know, we can't solve all the problems, but we can make, make a start. And that's really why we're here, why Michelle and I are here each, mm -hmm. you know, each episode is just to shine a light on things and hopefully spark some innovation as well so yeah 100 yeah, this is definitely not, not our last wtf episode unfortunately <laughs> in fact i could google we'll have more to come. 
Yeah, there'll be lots more content. We'll be making, you know, episode 7,452 of WTF. Yeah. Well, we, um, besides more WTF episodes, we do have some exciting things coming um, in 2023, because I think this may be our last episode of 2022. Yeah, Um, probably. Yeah, probably so. And so we appreciate you all who um, listened in and um, given us some ideas. And those of you who've been guests on our show, thank you so much, because it just adds so much more value to the work that we're trying to bring. Um, and so we are, like I said, we've got some great guests lined up for 2023 and more WTF topics. And then we always love to hear from you. So if you have a topic that you want to share with us, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, you can just, t- and now we're on TikTok. That's, that's another yeah, we thing. Are. We're on TikTok <laughs> as well. So find us, um, the late R podcast is um, our TikTok handle. Um, and I think that's pretty much most of our handles are either late mm-hmm. reg pod, any form of late registration podcast, you'll find us. Um, and of course, all of our um, social media outlets, as far as our RSS feed, Spotify, um, Google podcast, and then I think our Apple podcast is up and working as well. So you can, you can find us there. But Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michelle. Until next time. <laughs> Why do we never know how to end it? I never know how to start it. Yeah. This has been a Two Profesh production. Have a ridiculous, funny, or horrifying story to share? We want to hear it. Email us your side of the story at thelaterpodcast at gmail.com. That's L-A-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, stay safe and stay profesh.